Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Late Night Drives podcast. I have a childhood friend of mine, Nikhil, with me here to discuss uh, this week's race at uh, Mexico, the Mexican GP. Nikhil's pretty new at F1, so it's going to be interesting to hear his perspective on things. Hi, Nikhil. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Prash. How are you doing? So straight off the bat, what did you think of this race? I mean, it was an unexpected poll. Uh, it seemed like Red Bull had the pace all weekend long and... What did you think, man, generally, of how things went this weekend? I think it went uh, went great. I especially like the fact that uh, Verstappen was uh, wanting to be third. Max, he wanted to be third uh, because he felt that was a better advantage for him to take pole uh, in the start of the race itself. And that really worked in his favor. So I think just the, just the concept of them knowing which position they need to start at to kind of capitalize on the initial run was was great. So I enjoyed that first little kick that Max had. So I feel like in during qualifying, they kind of messed up. But uh, yeah, it, it worked out for them in the race for sure. Because yeah, no, uh, that- I'm going primarily off the commentators. They were stating that apparently one of the previous Mexican GPs, uh, Hamilton was third and he had preferred that position because he could take pole from there. They were announcing that and then Verstappen coming, I mean, starting at third and not second and opting for third or preferring third and taking over pole in the start of the race itself was... Yeah, he clearly said it that he prefers uh, third. I mean, the straight, the main straight being like 1.2 kilometers long really helps, right? And a toe really helps at that point. And third being the clean side of the track. Yeah, it really helped him out. And uh, But just before we get into the race, I do want to mention that a bunch of people took penalties uh, going into this race. Uh, so it was, I think, uh, five cars ended up taking penalties and moved to the back of the grid. That was uh, Tsunoda, Norris, Ocon, Stroll all took engine penalties and moved right back and George Russell had to take a a penalty for changing his gearbox a couple of times. Uh, But yeah, coming to uh, this race, uh, as you mentioned, the start was quite manic, right? And um, I think Verstappen probably got the best start that he could possibly get. Uh, you know, very clean on the racing line, very clean overtake outside of both marks into the lead. Uh, it's not like Bottas had a bad start, but I just didn't think he had the advantage of being on pole with him like it normally is in the race. Do you think that, you know, Mercedes could have done something different at the start? Do you feel like uh, Bottas could have done something different yeah, so I, I honestly, watching the race, I felt that they could have tried to block the Red Bulls from coming in from behind on the left, exactly like you mentioned. And that they didn't seem to do. They were just holding their line and then Verstappen literally just went straight past like nothing at all. It was so smooth and seamless. It just it just felt wrong. And uh, and then unfortunately, with Botas getting hit at the back by, I think, Ricardo, was it? That uh, nicked him on the back and then that kind of created all the possible hell that had to happen in the start of the race. So yeah, I think uh, it was Martin Brundle who said right that uh, I think Bottas was trying to let Lewis through on the inside yeah. so that it gives him that advantage except for whatever reason the Mercedes uh, strategy department didn't think to mention to the drivers that whatever you do block Verstappen from getting past right no matter no, what I... you do you have to block Verstappen <laughs> so exactly yeah, 
in in no, trying to I give him the advantage it seemed like they just like opened the door for him right yeah and what i found really funny was that uh, i genuinely thought because of i watched the drive to survive as well and i just passed the one episode where bota talks about you know having to always be second to hamilton because of hamilton's position and him winning like the grand prix and what not or the world world champion but I thought Bottas in this race would not want to give way to Hamilton right? I was hoping because he had pole. So I thought that you know he'd just like plow through and keep pole and just stick through the whole race but the start itself like you said he gave tried to give way because I think more that was their deal with Mercedes but uh, ended up getting nicked by Ricardo and falling all the way back. I'm really glad you got up drive to survive uh, for the listeners out there that's how Nikhil got into F1 and I'm sure that's like the gateway for a lot of people to get into F1 now uh, clearly that's influenced you a lot you've watched this is your second race that you're watching apart from uh, Austin right uh, but yeah drive to survive is sort of uh, I wouldn't say fictionalized but it's not a hundred percent accurate the rivalries and stuff are like a little uh made up i would like to say <laughs> uh, and the stappens very clearly come out and said that uh, he's not going to take part uh, in the next season yeah. and cut the current yeah. season because he thinks it's fucked but yeah a uh, huge influence on you drive to survive Oh definitely I think I I think it got me more interested in the sport primarily because before right when when you and I used to watch or when I used to watch maybe one or two one or two races when we I were over at your place I think at that time the the race for me just felt like you know just cars i mean once they once they get their space there's really no competition that's what i thought at least it was just like you know they just end up in that position but after watching drive to survive i kind of got like you know the the concept of how crucial planning a pit stop is how crucial like you know making sure your tires are in good condition and what it genuinely means that when a tire starts to degrade how their pace kind of heavily drops back and they have to go into pit because in my head i was like you know why are they going in if they have the fuel just plow through you know there's no yeah. real need to stop and change your wheels if you have the gas to kind of push through but now i realize that all of that matters so much there's so many pieces to the race that it's nuts and that kind of got me very interested in the sport basically yeah, and i remember you telling me now. at some point that uh, what is this they're just doing the same thing again and again it's boring but yeah now yeah. you see like what really got me interested and into the sport right yeah, it's exciting exactly. I, i'm so happy that like fans like there are new fans like you and of course what drive to survive really brings out is i feel the characters of the drivers and yeah. there are certain like drivers who really embraced it and have like gone out and almost become poster childs of drive to survive like daniel ricciardo seems to like be really enjoying the limelight um right but i mean the opposite is also true like the stappen is just not happy with his storyline on drive to survive and he's just like had enough and done with it yeah but, um Yeah, it's bringing in a whole new set of fans, and that's always exciting to see. Uh, talking about uh, the boring races that you found boring uh, when we were watching it at my place earlier, I actually thought this race was a little bit on the boring side as well. It was, I mean, after that first lap incident, okay, we had Sunoda and uh, Schumacher knocked out uh, because, I mean, essentially they were squeezed in and. they had nowhere to go and they were tapped by two three cars from either side i think ocon tapped both of them and both of them were out because of him but 
I don't think it was Ocon's fault. It was just a racing incident, right? Um, two things I wanted to say. One was, of course, we'll come back to the stewards and how lenient they've been this race. Uh, but the second thing, more importantly, was, uh, yeah, post that, it was almost a train where there was a bit of DRS overtaking from the faster cars behind that had like penalties and stuff. But for the most part, I think the top six, seven drivers remained the top six, seven drivers throughout the race. I would go so far to say, I think the top 10 remained the top 10 after the first lap, right? I think this was a, a result of most drivers trying to keep their cars and tires and brakes and stuff cool, which kind of, uh, it's a byproduct of the track and the kind of layout it is uh, and, you know, the altitude that it it exists on right as someone who's new to f1 do you feel like this is a challenge that uh f1 teams should be taking part in like this is the challenge of just the venue and that's how the cars should be designed and it should be like a challenge or do you feel like these are venues where you know perhaps it's not so exciting perhaps we don't come back to next weekend and like an austin for example last race the last race that you watch is much more exciting so to be honest, like you said in the start, I've I just gotten back into F1, right? I've gotten back, just started watching F1 and I've seen primarily two full races. So I saw Austin and I saw today's race as well. And I think they were both equally as exciting, but from a two different perspectives, right? So Austin, I felt was great because it was Verstappen versus Hamilton and to the wire, right? But this race, what I found amazing is that not the first first main thing is the way Perez and Hamilton were going at it. And Perez was like, you know, because it's his home, home country and he's really trying to plow through to go get past Hamilton. But I, what I found amazing was also on the other side, the way Mercedes was playing around with Botas because they knew he's going to get them no points. So they called him in to try and first block Red Bull or maybe slow him down or something on, the, on those lines. And then again, they called him back in just a lap or two after to, to like put soft tires again on him to kind of get him that gap area to get the fastest lap so he can get at least some points. And I feel, I don't know if that's a strategy that only fast teams can afford to do, but I don't know why other teams don't take that up when you know when they have no way of getting points try and do something that's out of the ordinary to kind of get at least some points on the on the on the constructor uh, championship or whatnot you know basically i don't know but i found that really interesting and an, another point that i really really liked was the way they were discussing so when perez was catching up to hamilton right and hamilton goes that you know he feels the tires or something are very hot because i think lando was in front of him and that that heat or whatever was passing on to his car he couldn't follow well, the car so like too closely. Yeah. 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 yeah huh. And then, and then the Mercedes was like, you know, you need to blow off some heat. So you don't, don't use the brakes, try and use, I think the aerodynamics or whatnot to slow the car down. And then the same thing had to happen with Perez. He had to slow down. So it was like, it's, it's just crazy how it's not just a car that's accelerating and braking, you know, they have so much going on to control the heat of the vehicle and still try and stay in that position and not lose up that position that it's, I that fight between Hamilton and Perez like really interesting and down to the wire basically. So that's what kind of got me interested in this race. 
So that's such an interesting perspective because I thought for perhaps the same reasons that it was a little boring, <laughs> you know, because the drivers were having to manage like so many things. They weren't going like flat out, balls out driving and like fighting each other. And perhaps that's like one of the reasons uh, I found it a bit boring. Of course, what doesn't help that it's like 3 a.m. and... I yeah. stay up <laughs> uh, till like 2.30 watching the race. But yeah, I don't know what Mercedes was thinking of uh, trying to block Verstappen with Bottas at the end of the exactly. race. Exactly. I, I really don't know. I know they went for the fastest lap. That's what they were trying to do. Uh, and even though Verstappen, uh, even though Bottas finished uh, below 15th, he would never get that extra point for the fastest lap, but he would take it away from uh, the Red Bull oh, team. Oh, I see. I didn't That's know That's what that. they were trying to do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. That's so why they pit him the for point. fresh tires. No, he doesn't okay. get the point. Only if he finishes okay. in the top 10, uh, in the top 10, yeah, he, he gets the point. Got it. That's very interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. And the, and the reason that other teams can't afford to do that is because at the end of the day, uh, Mercedes is fighting for a, the world championship, B, uh, drivers world championship and the constructors world championship, right? So they're already up there. They're already guaranteed either the first place or second place is uh, prize money. It's unlikely that uh, at this stage that McLaren or Ferrari are going to catch up to the top two, right? Right. And of course, Bottas is not going to score any more championship points because he was like 13th. So they could afford to do something like that. Even if he finished last, it, it made no difference to them. Right. Other teams can't afford to do that because uh, they're fighting a constructors championship which hugely depends on where they finish even if they're not finishing in the points the positions still dictate uh where the constructor finishes in order and so prize okay. money is distributed accordingly at the end of the season got it okay so it, it every single position matters to every single body except for teams like you know mercedes and uh, Red Bull and perhaps even Ferrari or McLaren, right? Because these are like well-funded big teams that, you know, uh, losing out like one uh, constructor's position perhaps is not uh, the biggest challenge in one race versus a team like Williams or Sauber, uh, Alfa Romeo, that is, or uh, even uh, at this point, Alpine or Aston Martin. A team like any of, those, any of these teams, if they lose like, a position in one race, it, it may not be that easy to gain that position back in the next couple of races either. So that that's probably why they don't no, and And to your point, right, Prash, I had no idea, honestly, literally no idea there was anything even called the Constructors' Cup. Let's let's be okay. very clear. I genuinely <laughs> thought that F1 literally was one to whatever 20 that the racers that are there or 15. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. You know, you end up first, you win, and that's about it. So I never understood why these other teams are even there. You know, they never they never reach the top, they never fight for the top. So, but yeah. now I understand so much more that you know, the more the if you get into the top three on the constructors, you get the maximum payout, and that yeah. will eventually help your team kind of progress Absolutely. to a stage where you can be in 
pole and Correct. whatnot, you know. Correct. So Correct. even like coming fifth and sixth and all really matters, and it's not a joke, and that's why they celebrate yeah. it also. If you yeah, come yeah. in within the points, and yeah, that was all. It, there's so much more. I don't people. I don't think apart from me, I don't think other people also who don't watch the sport even understand about all this, which is yeah, is sure. Crazy. Like yeah, there are a lot of subtleties, right? So many subtleties yeah. to the sport that unless you actually start following it. you don't get yeah you won't yeah. you won't get it exactly yeah and i suppose that's the biggest advantage of a show like drive to survive that it simplifies things down correct like for anybody to understand and yeah so yeah. that that's the advantage uh so nikhil uh, what do you think was perhaps the key moment of this race or your moment of of the race uh uh i think yeah for me i think the main the main moment of the race because like you said it wasn't that eventful after the start but i feel the main moment was when the beginning when uh, ricardo pulled out botas out of the run because i feel if botas was still in the run for the for the first like any of the first three positions it would have caused perez to maybe fall back you know because the two mercedes would be fighting for that and him not winning in mexico or not standing on the podium in mexico would have been like a big blow because i think that's what red bull is all about is like doing things that have not happened before especially why they're pushing max to win this year because he's the youngest who's going to win and all that crazy stuff and that's not cannot... the youngest he was supposed oh, to be the youngest young. last year oh. i don't think he's the youngest this year he won't be oh, the youngest okay, this okay. year yeah. okay but yeah. yeah but like they, they, that's their main mo you know to like get something off the books and get that happen in uh, these races so I feel that was like the turning point which got Perez the chance to actually make it and also like fight for you know possibly coming second which in the end obviously didn't work out Hamilton's also pretty damn good at what he does so that ended up with him coming in third but yeah uh I think on uh my my moment of the race is probably on lap 30 after Hamilton pitted uh Perez came like he did the opposite and didn't pit and he came out to the radio asking red bull can max verstappen hold hamilton back for me because he was oh, leading the race yeah. <laughs> i thought i thought that was hilarious especially after all the talk before this race about how you know perez might be leading and uh, he might be asked to give way to verstappen i just thought that was like a great uh, moment where uh, perez no, came out to the radio saying that can the staff and hold hamilton back for me <laughs> yeah. i think that genuinely was i mean i heard that and i was laughing over here and the other thing i realized was that prash i didn't know that you know they used this radio to also like spoof other teams because the yeah. commentators were talking about how hamilton is maybe what he's saying it doesn't really have weight to it and they tend to like yeah. push red bull off the track kind of a thing yeah. but uh, that was crazy yeah i didn't know even that was a thing so then oh, oh, every, every team can hear every other teams like they have yeah. people to listen into all other teams is it yeah Very so basically all all uh, team radios are broadcast to everybody okay. not everything okay. is broadcast on tv but uh, every uh, radio message is uh, i mean it's monitored Got because so there are certain things you are allowed to say on radio and the certain things you're not like you can't uh, instruct the drivers on certain things as far Got as i'm aware during the race so plus like why would you want to reveal tactics right at right, the end of the race yeah. being monitored um but yeah since you're new to f1 uh, there's this thing where uh, hamilton has which hamilton has been doing for the last i don't know how many years but in the beginning of the race he comes on and tells his 
a race engineer bono bono my tires are short that means he's winning the race because oh. <laughs> he's bluffing and yeah he's just like managing his tires basically in the perfectly fine but anyway uh who is your driver of the day man uh the people voted perez cuz i'm assuming that was like cuz of the mexican grand prix and it's his home race but who is your driver of the day if it is different from what yeah i usually don't go for max verstappen but today i would go for him because man he was flying down the track like that he literally was relentless i don't know maybe it was the car that was perfectly suited for this track or what god knows but he blew past nearly everyone throughout the track even though he and he i think he only pitted once or did he pit twice i forgot i don't no nah, he pit once he pit once no yeah so yeah, then yeah. i mean it's crazy how well he performed in this in this like track and obviously the red bull team did a good good job of like analyzing and you know making sure he pits at the right time and what not but i think max yeah i would go with max who's yours yeah max had a pretty flawless race to be really honest and red bull aided yeah. them i mean they had a 2.2 second pit stop with uh, max yeah. and a 2.3 second pit stop with perez how That's consistent crazy. is that i mean they're insane when it comes to pit stops <laughs> dude my driver of the day is somebody who i think they showed for all of 30 seconds in this entire race which is pierre gasly Okay. He finished Why? a solid fourth place, bringing that Alpha Tauri home and bringing a huge chunk of points. I think it's been a long time coming for Pierre Gasly to do well on a Sunday to not have luck go against him. Uh he held off what I believe are faster cars like the Ferraris and the McLarens. I mean, it seemed like that Honda engine really does well in uh high altitudes and he just extracted it to the max i think uh, they worked really alfatori worked really well as a team during quali uh, with sunoda helping him out uh, with the toe and stuff in q3 uh, and yeah i think he just drove a clean really flawless race after a really long time and he capitalized on that and i'm really glad for pierre gasly and i think he's definitely my driver of the day he held Fantastic. off the ferraris so yeah I really won't believe it, Prash. I I didn't even notice he came fourth. Okay, let me be clear. I was yeah. not even looking. I wasn't even observing that at all. I was just focused on the first three. <laughs> yeah, like I said, they showed it for about thirty seconds. Or, like I think just to like mark his presence because they showed pretty much every single other driver. And yeah, they just had to like make sure they showed Pierre Gasly as well. Um. I do quickly want to mention Yuki Tsunoda though. He got some really unfair flack. I don't know if you watched uh, after qualifying uh, for supposedly uh, ruining Red Bull's final runs in Q3 and uh, Christian Horner and like a whole bunch of Red Bull teams including the both their drivers like really like went after Yuki Tsunoda saying it's his fault and stuff but yeah I just want to put that out there that it was most certainly not yuki's fault he was told to stay out of the way he stayed out of the way it was the drivers that made the mistakes i think it was perez that made the mistake and then uh was stop and expected yellow flags but yeah i just wanted to mention that one incident that qualifying um looking forward to the next race uh, it's brazil another red bull favoring track on paper but uh, what are your thoughts it comes to that point in the podcast again where i asked what are your predictions for the next race 
So I would, I mean, I'm definitely going to go with like the majority of the crowd. And I think it's going to be Verstappen first, I'm hoping at least Hamilton second, and then either one of the other two Red Bull and Mercedes coming in third and fourth. But uh, mm-hmm. I would hope, I really like Ricciardo. I don't know, maybe because his drive to survive, like you said, he's been like plastered all <laughs> over that show. But I really like him and uh, I wanted him to come first. But I don't know why, maybe it's the McLaren or what. Like even this race, he just seemed to be very peaceful and comfortable where he was. Didn't seem like a like a fight or I don't know what. It just didn't seem like he was pushing to kind of ca- capitalize on any of the sports ahead of him, you know? So I don't think he's going to make it up there. But yeah, it's either one of these... Uh, I just don't think McLaren had the pace this weekend, but uh, yeah, next, yeah, I think that's just a trend. And unfortunately, uh, their main competitors are Ferrari this season, and they're fighting for third place in the Constructors' Championship. Uh, And yeah, I think Ferrari, like two, three races back, just took a step a little bit forward from them. So, um, but yeah, I feel like that battle is still going to go down to the wire, even for third place in the constructors. So that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, speaking of like the next race in Brazil, yeah, on paper, it's a little favored towards Red Bull and Max, but uh, it's not as high altitude as Mexico. So I'm hoping it's uh, much, much closer between the Mercs and the Red Bulls. And I'm hoping for a Hamilton win. So I'm just going to like, Okay. <laughs> Hamilton first. I really mm-hmm. hope Bottas is second. So the championship is just that much closer for the race after that. And then Got it. I just hope it goes down to the last race. That's about it. Got um, it. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, no. And Raj, I have one more thing that I you, you mentioned this in the start, but regarding the I forgot what they're called, but in the start of the race, when all of them were taking like off the going on on the grass and cutting ahead of two, three people and nothing happened, everything was just fine afterwards. Even I found that really weird because I know in other races or at least in quali as well, that if they even cross over the white line with, with like go over, extend over that line, they're, they're penalized with like a five second penalty and whatnot. So I don't know why, maybe because it was an accident that everybody was free to do whatever the heck they wanted in the start of the race. But <laughs> no, so The stewards were surprisingly lenient this race. A, when it came to track limits, uh, I'll come back to that. But B, even penalties, right? Like I think uh, two or three people, I think Ricciardo twice and... Uh, one more person I don't remember, uh, got away with like cheeky moves, like preventing people from getting past and not being penalized for them. Where, whereas in the past, they there was a high probability of them getting penalized. So it seemed like uh, the stewards were like really kind on the drivers. And yeah, uh, apparently today morning, uh, the race director, Michael Massey, came out uh, and said that on the first lap, or on any restart, that's like safety car restart or whatever, track limits won't apply. Oh. But the driver, if he gains a lasting advantage, that means if he gains like places and stuff, and he doesn't give it back, then they will penalize. But yes, in an incident like the first lap, how they're going to sit and calculate who gained an advantage, who did what, I have no <laughs> bloody idea. I mean, you had someone like Giovanazzi who was starting, what, 14th, who like came up to 6th in like three corners <laughs> no. in the first lap. So, yeah, I don't know. Nuts, man. The chaos, yeah. 
But it, it's good to see that the stewards are letting the drivers race at least. I mean, that's I fun. Know, as as opposed to like handing penalties, uh, you know, left, right, and center. So yeah, that was good. I think makes it exciting. Yeah, I agree. It was fantastic. I enjoyed the race. <laughs> I'm glad. I really hope you watch the rest of the season and like uh, enjoy the battle and the seasons to come. Thanks a lot for being a part of this podcast, Nikhil. I hope you had a good time and I no, hope to bro, see you back soon me. on the podcast. For sure. Definitely. Thank, thank you. you. Alright, All guys. Bye. So, that's it for this week's episode. I will see you in the next one. I hope you have a good night, guys. Cheers.